Hello and welcome. It's Mark. I'm your podcast host, and it's Trucking Answers from across the fruited plain and around the world. We come to you through your ear hole only. You don't have to look at me here, which many people are saying is the best part of this podcast. No looking at Mark. Look, we're going to do some trucking news, some regular news, some entertainment, hopefully, some car news. And of course, as always, one of the reasons why we are not yet on Mars, which always amazes me. So let's get right into what's going on. If you don't know, I'm Mark and I uh, do a YouTube channel called Trucking Answers, conveniently named the same thing. Hope you'll check it out there today. And, uh, and in the future and subscribe there and also hit look subscribe here you're not going to know when the next podcast comes out we're going to try it for Tuesday Friday on this but uh, who knows how the days go as uh, as it always happens so look let's start out here with uh, <laughs> interesting accident in Pennsylvania I-80 was closed for hours because some trucks tangled it up together and spilled a bunch of juice boxes across the highway did you see this Holy mackerel. A bunch of they said they were gonna get a grade school out there to come and help clean it up. I thought that was pretty good. Bunch of juice boxes. What is happening on that? Juice boxes? There were like thousands and thousands of these juice boxes. They said the total damage to this uh load was over forty dollars. So that's really something. Swift is buying AAA Cooper. So Swift is getting into the LTL market even more than they were. They did some of this stuff before. They just bought AAA Cooper. They're like, hey. We're going to go ahead and just buy this place, all right? We're just going to buy AAA Cooper, and uh, and that's how they just acquire drivers and make themselves even bigger in the industry. If they weren't big enough already, now they're even bigger. And I will say, if you're at uh, Night Swift, as they call it, you may want to inquire about a local or you know semi-regional job if that's something you'd be interested in. They're a pretty big place. You might be able to get in over there and uh, you know get yourself more home if that's what you want. Doesn't matter to me, whatever you want to do. Multi-year bill. They're going to have a truck parking initiative and a multi-year bill. How about truck parking today? <laughs> that would be really great. That goes right along with New York State. They're going to close, I don't know, 10, 20, I forget how many it was there. I didn't. Uh, of course, I didn't write it down, um, naturally. Oh, why would Mark be prepared? They're going to close a bunch of uh, rest area, you know, service areas up there. Brilliant. And the House, uh, you know, the Congress is going to have a truck parking initiative. We better have a study session about this. So they'll get together, you know, stakeholders, industry stakeholders, Crispier, right, and all these other people on there and uh, talk to them about truck parking. And they'll, uh, they, they, you know, uh, give the king a harumph. Yes, uh, we need truck parking. Yeah, no duh. No duh. You can just drive down the road. Look at all the ramps full of trucks of trucks duh we need truck parking oh i didn't know that right so then they'll come together and in a few years they'll be like hey you know what we found out in this big uh, meetings that we had we need more truck parking all right so let's study how to do that all right okay so brilliant uh <laughs> i'm getting off a of truck for a minute silverado right zr2 package coming on the silverado the Silverado is going to get the ZR2 package. And what GM says it's going to have, basically a bunch of stickers. So we're going to put a bunch of stickers on here. There'll be also badges besides stickers. <laughs> They'll have some off-road stuff, uh, suspension, lift, and everything. They're trying to compete with Raptor. That's what they're saying in the Dodge, whatever the big Dodge thing is for this off-road. But unfortunately, the Silverado is not going to get any more power. You'll just be able to get the power that's already available. 
they need uh, one more power boost if they're going to do that. How about let's put, uh, you know, let's put one of these supercharged V8s in there, something like that. All right, anyways, maybe, you know, a little more power. They're not going to do any more power in the Silverado. I'm kind of disappointed at that. They just had a big recall, too. Of course, I don't have any information about that either. Uh, just brilliant. So that is pretty awesome. Safe Driver Week is coming up on the 11th to the 17th. Are you ready? They're going to be looking for tailgating and speeding. The stuff that they should already be looking for, to be honest with you. You know, this is the tailgating thing. It just aggravates me to no end. It's why many trucks have cameras in them now. Because of uh, our poor our poor driving. All right, let's just be honest about it. We all see this happening. And, uh, you know, it isn't necessarily new people. Well, it's a young, new drivers. I don't really see that. You know, I don't, you know, when it's some cattle hauler with some gigantic truck with more lights on it than sense going, to, you know, 80 and a 65, I don't think that's a new driver. I guess maybe it's a new driver, but I don't really see that being a new driver. So I'm not sure how that all works. But either way, they're going to, uh, that's going to be part of next week. And usually, I don't really ever see any extra activity. If they're doing more, uh, I don't see it. The scales are always closed for me. That scale's been closed. I haven't gone over a scale at all since February. It's been closed completely. Normally, it was only open a couple nights a week anyway because I'm out in the night like a vampire. But uh, the scale's been closed completely, so I just don't see it happening. I don't see anything. If you uh, If you see something in some state, let me know where that might be happening. That goes along with another article I was reading about where they're saying driver safety is linked to driver pay. And uh, I don't know about that. I don't think that's true. Do you find that to be true? What they were sort of suggesting is that, you know, drivers that are paid better are safer drivers. And the only reason that would be is because generally higher paid drivers are likely drivers that have more experience. So they may be safer that way. If someone cut your pay, would you drive less safely? Um, if you got a job that paid less, would you drive less safely? I don't know about that. Most people, I think, are trying to be safe drivers. Okay, That's what we all want to do. Everybody wants to come home to their family. I don't want to be out there killing people. So I don't think that pay is directly linked to driver, uh, to driver safety. I don't think their pay is linked that way. People are safe or they're not. Uh, I've seen many drivers who I know are getting paid well. Dayton Freight is a big violator of this. I see in Indianapolis all the time. Uh, and they're advertising twenty nine forty one plus overtime. Uh, so you're going to looking at over two thousand bucks a week on a long week. And they all, every one of them that I've seen, are running sixty eight. Now I guess the ones that are going slow, I wouldn't see because they're not passing me. But every night I'm passed by ten of them at least coming back, going around four sixty five there because I guess they're out running at night too. So I don't know, and I know that they're making decent money there because it's just the ads that they run and how much they pay. So I don't know that the pay and safety are necessarily linked that way. New drivers, just because they're new doesn't mean they're safe. And a driver, just because they have a lot of experience, doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. I'll tell you. One of the places that I go, here's a little sidebar story, sidebar from uh, your old Mark Rooney here. There is a driver that comes in every Tuesday. He comes in only on Tuesday, thank God. And he is horrible, all right? Now, he's been going there for as long as I've been going to this place. And I see him on Tuesdays, and I always like think, oh, my God. I've started leaving a little bit different time on Tuesday just so I can avoid this driver. So he can't back up. 
and I know that he's been coming there for oh, it's close to a year now that he's been going to this place and he just cannot back up. There's plenty of room and he has no concept of what he's doing. And the thing is, once you're doing something wrong, if someone doesn't really show you how to do it right, you may never get what you're doing. And the, the more times you do it wrong, the more that sticks in your head and you continue to do it the wrong way. And then either, I don't know, maybe he thinks he's doing something right. I'll tell you, the number of pull-ups and get-out-and-look programs that have going on here, I'm just not a fan of it. I purposely avoid being there at that time because if you need to be down the row where he is you are going to sit there for a while so the experience there does not make this driver any better and if you don't have I don't know that if you just because you're not a good backer but it doesn't seem like he has confidence in what he's doing and that's part of what makes you a good driver you have to be confident and you get that from knowing what you're doing, I think. And he just doesn't seem to have that. He just doesn't have it in there. So I think he needs to be trained, but the company is not there watching him. And so eventually he does get in the spot, finally. Uh, you know, by the time we're all done with a 30-minute break waiting for him, and I swear to you, it's been 12 minutes at some point to back into a spot where there's room where you could actually pull up and back straight into it, okay, the ends in uh, some of the spots that I've seen him going in. And I'm just not a fan of that kind of thing. And I, So I don't think, I don't know what he's making, but if you paid him more, would he become safer? No. See, that's the other thing of it. Say I gave everybody a raise. Whatever you make and you get a 50% raise. Does everybody safer? No, because safety is not linked to your pay. If I cut your pay, are you going like, oh, well, I'm just going to be all reckless? No. So pay and safety, they cannot be linked like that. I don't think that's a good way to do it. Did you see, did you see this in the Bay Area of, of uh, California? Okay. Teamsters are going to have a job fair, of all things, the Teamsters, to get drivers. Teamsters are going to have a job fair. Who would think the Teamsters would need to have a job fair? What they were suggesting in this, in the article that I read, they said it's the first time we've ever had to have a job fair. These are good-paying jobs. They're talking to some Teamster. They, some of them start at $25 an hour. Well, let me tell you what. $25 an hour is what I would consider an average job here in Indiana and the Bay Area of California, no way is $25 an hour a good job, even if it's overtime past 8 and 40. That is not any kind of good pay out there. You know what the rent and mortgages and stuff are in the area? That is no money. Let me tell you, Cisco right here in Indianapolis, uh, just down the street from World Headquarters, is advertising $26.50 an hour to start plus overtime Okay, in Indianapolis. So, they cannot say 25 bucks an hour for a Teamster union job. It ought to pay more than that. What is the point of having a union if you're not going to pay people a good wage? That was the whole deal. Getting in a union job, the deal was, the dealio, was you would get good money for working there. 25 bucks an hour? Police. Okay, that isn't any kind of good money. What are we doing? I don't think so. I don't think so. So to, no wonder they need to have a job fair 
in the Bay Area at 25 an hour. All right, so you work and make 1500 bucks. Your rent is $3,000 or more, okay? So, or you're living, uh, you know, an hour and a half away uh, somewhere. You know, you're basically living in Reno <laughs> coming down. You got to live in Sparks to, uh, you know, to make it down there. There's no way. That's no kind of money for a Teamster job. Why have the union there? You know, I've been a big supporter of drivers coming together to get better working conditions, and generally that's through a union. But for $25 an hour, uh, you can just go walk into a place and make the kind of money. You should move. If you only get $25 an hour in Bay Area, you got to move. That is no kind of money. You can't live on that. What am I supposed to do? How am I going to buy my cigars on that kind of money? That's no money. You know, what about all the, uh, you know... I can't even think. I can't even think of it right now. I don't know if I could say it right here, but uh, you know that's no kind of money. Let me tell you, fifteen hundred bucks, whatever in the Bay Area, that's nothing. That may, it sounds like a great job. It isn't. In my section for companies this week, I want to talk to companies basically about all this pay raises that are going on and tell you to cut it out. What, Mark? What? Don't okay. Don't drive off the road. Hang on. Hang on here for companies. You're trying to get drivers, and so companies are just like competing with each other. They're in a cage match to see who can pay more money and have a bigger sign-on bonus. And I'll tell you, stop doing that. It's not how you should compete in any market for drivers or for customers or for anything else. Stop doing that. Drivers will keep a job that is worth keeping. Okay? That is worth keeping. They'll stay. Raising pay to get people... And having huge sign-on bonuses is terrible and counterproductive over time. I've seen places with a $20,000 sign-on bonus. Okay, a lot of them are a 10 plus. When somebody comes to work for you for the sign-on bonus, as soon as they're done getting the sign-on bonuses, they leave. And then you have to offer more sign-on bonuses to get more people to come and work there. That's your That's a problem. Because they're not there because they like your job. They're there because they like the money that you're paying right then. And I don't necessarily want to build a company of people that are there just because they think the sign-on bonus is the greatest thing ever. All right, I want to build a company that drivers stay because the job's worth keeping. Now, certainly, if you're paying forty cents a mile right now, thirty-eight cents a mile, all right, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. But if you have a decent pay, I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't have a sign-on bonus other than for the first three weeks. I would give everybody $600 a week extra for three weeks as a transition bonus, whatever they make plus $600. Okay. An orientation week can pay a thousand or 1500 bucks or whatever. Of course, no crack out, none of that stuff. And then 600, 650 a week for the, a week for the first three weeks to transition, to help people come over. It costs money, whatever. Other than that, no, no, because I want people to work there because I built a great place to work. And that's the selling point on it that is the sales point not a huge sign-on bonus because none of these companies tell you oh look how great it is this is the thing no hey here's a bunch of money and what happens is new people sometimes especially with a $20,000 sign-on bonus they'll make more money than somebody that's been at your company for five six years is that a good plan (laughs) that's not a great plan at all because you look around and think you know that new person they're going to get an extra fifteen eighteen hundred dollars a month and I'm not, and I've been here. What am I, chopped liver? The people that are there, why not put as much time into keeping people as you do into getting people? And you wouldn't have to go get so many people. 
Rolls-Royce does not compete on price, but yet they sell all the cars they can make. And they're not competing on price. You see Rolls-Royce sales? Uh, it's a 4th of July sales for Rolls-Royce. I guess they wouldn't have one for 4th of July, but it's, it's uh, some kind of sale for... No. No, because they don't compete on price. And you as a company shouldn't compete on pay. Other than that the pay at your company is excellent for what the drivers do. Give the drivers something that they want. And yes, everybody wants pay, but as soon as that ends, that 20000 10000 that ends, then they're going to look somewhere else. If they're coming there just for pay, as soon as somebody else offers something, they'll go there because somebody else is holding up something shiny. Shiny keys over here. Ooh, something shiny. I'm going to go over there. Oh, I'm leaving. I'm... No, don't do any of that. Don't do that stuff. Have a great place to work and the place will sell itself. In the dust segment this week, I read an article. Okay, what does it say? It's about the uh, West Coast, West Side. And what they're saying is that trucking continued even though there's a heat wave. <laughs> really? I thought trucking stopped when 90 degrees hit. Come on. Trucking continues regardless of the heat wave. And they talked to somebody from Idaho. Uh, Dr. Uh, I don't know. I Potato. I don't know what their name was. And they said, yes, uh, we've been in touch with uh, trucking companies, and it turns out they're having operations as normal every day, even though it's supposed to be 106 today or something. Oh, yeah? No, duh. Uh, trucking continues regardless of the weather uh, around the country and around the world. So uh, I'm amazed. And this was somebody from some trucking association. This wasn't just some Joe Schmo on the street. Uh, you know, at the 7-Eleven. This was somebody from a trucking. We're like, yeah, we've uh, interviewed and uh, our trucking companies continue to, uh, they seem to just be doing operations as normal. What do you want them to do? Uh, they said, well, you know, we should tell drivers to drink water. Hey, okay, so here's a note from me, drivers. If you're thirsty, why don't you drink some water? If it's hot out, why don't you drink some extra water? Do people not know this? By the time you're an adult, I don't know. They always say that. So look, if you are an adult and you do not have any idea, oh, it's so hot, I'm thirsty, I wonder what I should do. Okay, here's a plan. Go drink some water, <laughs> all right? Have some more water and then drink a little more water after that. There's a good plan. Oh, thanks, Mark. I had no idea. I've lived all these years and I had no idea what to do when I got thirsty and it's hot outside. I just don't know what to do. Well, fortunately, I'm here for you to tell you to drink some water, so please do that if it's hot out and you are concerned that you might not be uh, getting enough water that you're thirsty, all right? So there's your public service announcement for the day. Thank you, and for everyone in Idaho, you're welcome. By the way, I want to know what you want to hear about here. What do you want to hear about in the podcast right through your ear hole so you don't have to look at me? Write to me, markettruckinganswersnation.com. Let me know what you want more of and what you want less of and uh, all those other kind of things, all right? Can we do that? I'd appreciate hearing from each and every one of you. And this has been in 49 states now. Missing one state. Missing that Alaska. Nobody's listened in Alaska. Hey, if you're in Alaska, get in there and uh, start listening. But I guess if you're not listening, I don't know why I'm saying this to you. It won't do any good. Virginia Virginia is going to put out an electric car charging map for people to use. Boy, isn't that great? So I've got a leaf. Hmm, and I don't know where to charge it. Oh, thank God the government will come in and save the day again. This always aggravates me about cars, especially electric cars. 
It is not the government's job to find you an electric car charging spot. It's not their job to build electric charging stations. None of that, okay? They don't build gas stations, and yet people figure out how to get gas. If electric cars were so great, people would buy them. You wouldn't need a government $7,500. And plus, look, Tesla Model X, some of them run 100 grand, and you're going to subsidize that? And you to tell me, oh, that's to get people to buy an electric car. Who's buying that car? No decent person is buying that car. Here's the down, the uh, down low. Here's the bottom line on electric cars. People that have electric cars don't like to drive. There, I said it. I said it. All right, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of this. Why people that have an electric car don't like to drive? Because what's the first thing they say? Well, Mark, oh, it's, I got a Model S. It's fast. My Model 3 is a 4.3 to 60. Yes, so what? So what? There's more to driving than going fast to 60 miles an hour. It's silent. It doesn't have any soul. It doesn't move you. It doesn't do anything for you. It's just fast. Uh, you know, I can go get a f motorcycle that's faster than your car for 10 grand, brand new. Being fast isn't everything. And, uh, you know, with the quality issues, of course, and the Tesla also are another problem. But just because it's fast doesn't mean anything. Many, many years ago, many years ago, I was able to go to Indianapolis. No, yeah, this was Indianapolis, right, for that, for the driving event and got to drive a Countach around the track there. A couple of laps around the track and uh, it was a 5,000. It was probably one of the best experiences I ever had driving a car. And I totally recommend it if you can find one now. And one of these driving events was amazing. It was amazing. And that car, that's how you drive a car. Okay, that is driving. Now, that car, even then, you know, and that was just, this was in 80s. And it would have been probably five seconds, five and a half seconds to 60. Not even fast by today's standards, really. Fast. It was certainly fast. Then it was very fast. But it wasn't the fact of the zero to 60 time it was the fact of the driving experience all right you had to drive that car that engine you know it's a foot behind your head right there screaming at you 7,000 rpm the sound of it incredible the clutch super hard gated shifter are you kidding me ever drive a gated shifter do it sometime when you get an opportunity go do it it isn't just it's not like driving some miata around all right to go get groceries it isn't it's driving and you drove that car it didn't want to go where you wanted to go it had a mind of its own you had to drive it now that's driving a tesla what do you do you just hit the little button on the stalk in a tesla and it whirs you around the track like the jetsons going is that really driving oh yeah is that driving i don't think so i don't think so because they know that there's more to driving than just being whirred along silently and i guess it's been four years now when I was invited by Jaguar to come to the XE launch in Chicago. They had a big launch. They were launching the XE four or five years now, I guess, uh, when they launched that car. It was the Art of Performance event, and uh, they got a plus one. So I looked around and thought, you know what? I'll take the wife. So she appreciated that. So we cruised up to Chicago to the Jaguar event, and they had all the old Jaguars out and the new ones, and you could sit in them, and they had the Jaguar people, and they all had English accents, which I thought was really classy. I just happened to think that, and we got to take a Jaguar on a road course. Then you got to drive the thing around town, and hang on, I'm going with somewhere with this, okay, just like I was in the car. And a Jaguar representative went with you when we went, okay? 
and we're cruising around to like turn left here, turn right here, whatever. And we're coming onto one of those places where you go underneath uh, the road. You're like going through a tunnel or whatever. And as we were coming up to that, she went, she hit the button and opened the moonroof up. Okay. And when we, now this XE, right, was an XER. This had the six cylinder supercharged 340 horsepower. And the car's not that big. Okay. This car was to compete with a three series BMW. And she goes, gun it when we went in there. The sound, the sound, incredible incredible and that's what sells the car that's driving the whole tunnel was rumbling right the smiles huge right i'm like this this is driving this that what would it what would happen if you gunned it to tesla nothing what just you just whoosh along through the tunnel and that's driving it isn't your leaf you're gonna floor a leaf in there oh 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 Nissan Leaf coming through. Come on. Come on, people. Driving is more than just going fast, 0 to 60. It's an experience. A car is an experience. It isn't just, I can get to 60 faster. Yeah, okay. Your Model 3 is 4 seconds or whatever, 60. Congratulations. It shouldn't be subsidized by the government. And... Because it's electric, congratulations if you think you're doing something. I don't know. You won't find me getting one at all. And the government certainly has no right to subsidize those cars. Why don't they subsidize a car purchase for everybody else? They're going to just subsidize people. And look, let's be honest. Who do you think is buying a $100,000 uh, car? You think it's somebody, uh, you know, at working at the Teamsters at the Bay Area for $25 an hour? I don't think so. I don't think so. The person doesn't need to be subsidized and shouldn't be. In our uh, section today on why we're not on Mars. <laughs> All right. Look, the uh, the stupidity of uh, people never ceases to amaze me. So, uh, Dateline England, there is, a, and what it said in the article, is that this person is a YouTube prankster. Okay. Oh, well, look at me. I'm a zany prankster. Okay. So, what do they do? They had to call the fire department. His friends did. He couldn't call them because it's hard to hold the phone to your head when you've cemented your head inside of a microwave. All right. Look, I don't even know what to say. The person, what they did is put their head, they wrapped their head in plastic, which is very convenient. You don't want to mess your hair up. Uh, I guess they got a breathing tube, stuck their head in a microwave, and had their friends pour... Um, fast setting concrete i guess like quickrete or something like that around their head in the microwave well it turns out uh fast setting concrete sets very fast <laughs> and uh his head was encased in cement awesome as friends were afraid to uh, hurt him i guess they considered cutting his head off and taking it to the hospital first and to and then reattaching it but didn't do that called the fire department i guess they got a big tongue lashing from the fire department because they said, look, you're wasting our, you're doing stupid stuff, wasting our time. Cement your head in a microwave. This is why we're not on Mars. And the reason, not just this guy's an idiot and his stupid friends. The thing is, these kind of videos get millions of views, <laughs> right? People watch this. And that's why other people do it, right? As I'll be cementing uh, my head in a toaster oven here in a few weeks on the internet so on the trucking answers youtube channel that should be a lot of fun but look this gets millions of views and so these people make tons of money 10 million views is probably pays 50 grand 
in uh, ad revenue to the creator, plus whatever other stuff that they have out of 10 million views. Uh, all right, so imagine doing that every week. Okay, that's the problem. And that is the problem, that they're basically rewarded for being stupid. And I don't know what this video had or whatever. I'm, I don't even want to participate in looking at it. But uh, YouTube prankster cements head in microwave, you know, is our reason for that we're not on Mars. People will watch this. They don't know anything. When we do this man on the street stuff and go talk to people, they don't know anything. You show them a picture of Mickey Mouse and, uh, you know, uh, an elected official that controls their taxes and stuff. They have no idea. And, you know, important things. They don't know anything about that. But this, they'll watch somebody cement their head in a microwave. Oh, yeah, we're in for that. All right, love it. I want to encourage people that if you, as long as you don't have a problem, if your vehicle is running, it will drive, do not stop on the shoulder. Here we have a truck, a semi, hit a stopped car that was on the shoulder, killed six people in the car, six people dead. And uh, officials don't know why the truck driver hit the stopped car. The car was fully on the shoulder, they said, but it just got blasted by this truck. People are just not paying attention, and I don't know what happened here. Okay, overall, for whatever reason, say the truck driver had a medical emergency, of the reason if your vehicle works don't stop it's very dangerous get to the go to a ramp i see this all the time too truck drivers are stopped i saw a driver the other day i don't know you could see the ramp from where they were stopped go up the freaking ramp and get off the road you moron okay this kind of stuff causes accidents it can result in your death or somebody else's death if your vehicle runs and it's not some kind of emergency go to a ramp or whatever rather than stopping on the side of the road now if you have super singles or whatever and you blow a tire you don't have any choice but uh many vehicles i see stopped and uh, it's hard to believe there are that many broken down vehicles this was a car stopped they actually didn't say why the car was stopped i guess they couldn't ask the people it killed everybody in the car just like that boom dead you know for whatever reason they stopped don't stop do not stop on the shoulder of the road it's dangerous it's dangerous it can result in somebody's death or injury to you or uh, somebody else don't do it get on the ramp go somewhere get off the interstate where people are just either not paying attention or for whatever reason there's problems so don't uh, don't stop there okay thanks i appreciate it and the rest of us uh, appreciate it for you making the roads safer so today we're going to wrap it up today i want to thank everybody for listening all across the fruited plain here to trucking answers podcast let me know what you want more of what you want less of what you want to hear about what you don't want to hear about and how much you appreciate that you don't have to look at me while you listen to this podcast all right there'll be more coming up i'm shooting for tuesdays and fridays for release days of course you can always listen to them wherever you want on whatever podcasting thing that you have where you got this downloaded all right so thanks for listening and of course uh, we'll be back soon as we always say with another podcast right here at trucking answers be safe on the road <laughs>